0: Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Thrive from Paychecks. My name is Gene Marks. Thank you very much for joining me today. Um, we're going to have a conversation about the employee retention tax credit, actually Uh, We're going to get into some details about it. Uh, A couple thoughts on the ERTC uh, for for you as a business owner. When people are talking about some of the biggest trends, some of the financing uh, trends for 2023, uh, you know, obviously traditional banks and other places that are out there are available. It's getting tougher out there to get financing for a lot of small businesses. Interest rates are going up. Some uh, capital opportunities are starting to dry up a little bit. The Employee Retention Tax Credit could be a huge way for you to get some dollars directly from the federal government to help you run your business. It is is absolutely a resource, and it is something that um, we're trying really hard here with this podcast, and I'm trying this to my client base, to spread the word about the ERTC because not enough businesses really know about it. Many businesses are uh, eligible for this ERTC credit. And what this credit is, is basically, um, a credit on payroll taxes that you may have paid, uh, during either 20 or 2021 during the pandemic period that by law you might be, you know, do back that money if you are eligible for that credit. I, you know, I have a lot of clients in my firm that are in the restaurant business. And uh, when I look at some of the eligibility, I'm like, and we're going to get into this in a minute, but. Uh, You know, I look at like anybody's in the restaurant business. I can't imagine them not applying for the ERTC. It just seems like a no, you know, it seems like a no brainer. So that's thought number one. The other thought is also that there's a lot of scams that are out there. Um, A lot of my clients are getting emails from a lot of people that are promising big money back from the government for the ER, you know, for ERTC. So first of all, I just, I, I want you to be aware that not everybody is eligible for the employee retention tax credit. And we're, again, we're going to talk in a, in a minute or so what makes you eligible. Um, you should absolutely be asking if you're eligible. But when it comes time to ask if you're eligible or not, you need to talk to a professional that knows what they're doing. So there are some attorneys that are specialized in the RTC There are some CPAs like myself and accountants that specialize in, in, you know, ERTC. There are payroll companies that do that as well. Uh, this is a Paychex podcast. Paychex provides these services. So this is, you know, we, we rarely promote Paychex stuff on this podcast, but this is um something that's, I, I think, completely legit to talk about. And, and I've got two technical people that are joining me today that work for Paychex. This is what they do. So they are handling clients that um, are looking for money back from the ERTC, at the very least looking to see if they're eligible for that. Um, my first guess is Aaron Lyer. First of all, Aaron, geez, I should ask you to pronounce your last name. Lyerheimer, Le- Leier, Lyerheimer, Le- Lyerheimer. Jesus, it's a tough
2: one. Oh, is, this, is that German? Is that like where does this come from? It is German. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> German.
1: Okay, Aaron Lyerheimer. Aaron. Um, Aaron is a senior technical product manager at Paychex. Ken has an easier name. Ken Bersani, uh, which I don't know if that's Italian or not. Bersani. but that's uh, correct. It is. It's a, okay, fair enough. Uh, Ken is the manager of operating risk at Paychex. So, Erin uh, and Ken, first of all, thank you both for joining me. Um, and just to set the, you know the table here, so for those of us that are listening or watching, you guys, Erin, uh, you are a senior technical product manager at Paychex. What the heck does that mean?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, thank you for having us on the podcast. First and foremost, very excited to be here. Um, What I do at Paychex is I work in our corporate strategy group, so corporate strategy, product management, and I am responsible for the payroll product, Mm -hmm. um, which really has been a a huge item for Paychex for a long time. Obviously, it's our flagship product, but in addition to that, there's been so many COVID-related programs that have so much to do with payroll that I've been uh, lucky enough to be involved in those as well. So PPP, ERTC, um, both products that I've been very heavily involved in, have been very excited to be part of. And I'm really fortunate to help so many small businesses through that. So really, that's where my my job comes into play as I work on that corporate strategy side, as well as with our IT groups to really um, take the idea and make it happen.
1: Good. And and Aaron, um, ERTC is a product for paychecks. I mean, you are you are reaching out to existing and prospective customers um, and saying to them like, Hey, you might be eligible for ERTC. Let us help you see if you are eligible. And if you are, let us help you get the money. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. And also just to qualify as well, um, Paychex is certainly looking for prospective customers, but you, you do need to sign up with Paychex if you want to take advantage of this product. Also correct?
2: Correct. If you want to use our ERTC service, um, we've got to load all those wages into our system. So it's just a very easy transition for you to join our payroll while we're doing that. So it is part of what we require for us to be able to um, pull those wages together, really do that analysis for you and be able to file on your behalf.
1: Perfect. That sounds great. Ken, you are manager of operating risk at Paychex. Tell us what that job means.
0: Uh, Yes. Thank you, Gene. And appreciate you having us on today. Uh, operating risk is one of the areas in Paychecks uh, robust risk management department. One of my key responsibilities is being a trusted partner with our clients to ensure that if anything happens outside of the normal processing uh, timelines, it's re- corrected and quickly and accurately uh, completed. Uh, in correlation with this topic, it would extend to the preparation and filing of amended returns, which is required for ERTC processing within the IRS.
1: I, I have to say guys you know if you're watching you're listening to this uh, you know first of all I, for years i've been a proponent of using it you know an outside payroll service for your company I don't know what business owner is crazy enough to try and do this stuff on their own when you consider all the mistakes that can be made if you're looking into the employee retention tax credit and trying to get determine if you're eligible and then applying for it it is it, you just I, i've I'm saying as a CPA, you you just don't want to do this on your own. It is a complicated process. Um, and, you know, making mistakes means that you'll be buried in requests and, you know, you know, correspondence, uh, with the IRS. It's just something that you, you aren't really, you know, you know, something that you want to deal with. And Ken, I guess your job is to make sure that if, if I'm applying for the ERTC, that um, I, I'm minimizing the risk of any mistakes that, 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 you know, that could happen, correct? That's correct. Got it. Okay. So let's start with you, Ken. Um, I, I have some specific questions I want to go down, and these are questions that, um, I mean, my, my clients ask a lot. So they're, they, if you're considering the RTC or if you're thinking about it, these are kind of the things that are going to come to mind. So first of all, um, you know, the RT, the ERTC relates to 2020 and 2021, here we are in 2023 so why are we still talking about this is it are, can we still obtain this this credit tell us tell us why it's it's a thing now
0: yes uh even though like you mentioned that you know the the tax credit ended at third quarter of 2021 uh the ERTC is able to still be obtained retroactively uh, up until, you know, the the statute of limitations ends for filing. So we can continue to do uh, retroactive amendments to ERTC for clients to be able to obtain that.
1: Generally, how long is it taking, Ken, for, uh, for people to get refunds? Say they are eligible and they do apply. Is it months, years, weeks?
0: Uh, once... The filing goes to the IRS. We are seeing that clients are receiving refunds within about four months. However, I tend to lean on guidance of six months minimum uh, to give a little room as processing times within the IRS will vary from here to there.
1: Okay, that's fine. And one final question also on this sort of this timeline. So the ERTC really became eligible or applicable in the second quarter was it of 2020 was right and then so it was the second third and fourth quarters of 2020 and then the first second and third quarters of 2021 is that generally correct
0: yes that is uh, however there is a little bit of time period within the first quarter of 2020 which you are eligible uh the tail end of March uh, does have some eligibility uh, time period that gets reported on the second quarter 2020. Uh, tax return when we do the amendments. Um so for that standpoint, we do allow that for second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter of twenty. And then as you mentioned, first, second and third of twenty twenty one.
1: And then just to do a little bit of just the timeline is it you, you said again what the the how long is it that that, that we have to apply before the the limit ends.
0: Yeah, it goes on off of the statute of limitations, which is generally three years. Now, we say three years. However, there is going to be some additional timing based on that, on the actual rules and regulations. Uh, but three, three years. years from the time of filing.
1: Right. OK, so that means that just to make sure and we're going to repeat this again with you, Aaron, later, because that's why it's so critical. But just as we start this conversation, so it's if if you were eligible, say, in the second quarter of 2020, you've got three years from that second quarter that you can go back and amend your payroll tax return. Is that, is that correct?
2: So I'll 10. jump in here. kind of. You please. have until um, April 5th. So for 2020 returns, you have until April 15th, 2024 to actually get that amendment in. So it is a little bit, it's a little bit complicated. Um, that's actually something that we've been going back and forth on. And that's where we've landed is it's really April 15th, 2024 for 2020 and for 2021, it's April 15th, 2025. Um, Sherm is actually on that same page. Y is on that same page. There's been a lot of confusion in the industry, but that is the direction that we're going with. So there is a little bit more time to be able to do those amendments. Um, it's really based on how the IRS views the 941 when they do their audits, things like that. So a little bit more time, but I do want to stress that that, even though there is a little bit more time, really getting this moving now is going to be important because of that backlog we're seeing at the IRS. So you want to make sure that you've got enough time for the IRS to receive your return, for them to process it, for it to work through. And heaven forbid you end up with a bump in the road, which, you know, unfortunately we do see on occasion, you want to have time to be able to go back and clean that up, so this is definitely not something I would suggest you wait until the wire for. If you're someone that likes to do your homework last minute, um, try not to do that this time. Really, procrastination is not your friend here. You want to start moving on this as soon as possible to get those funds in. The sooner you get it filed, the sooner you're going to get that refund back from the IRS. But there is a, there is a delay, as kind of mentioned, of around to that six-month period to be getting that money back. So
1: Aaron, definitely is, something I'm- to move on. Okay, we're going to talk about how you how you qualify and whether or not you're eligible. But just I'm kind of curious that when you say that there is the time that it does take, if you're an existing Paychex customer, I'm assuming that the process won't take that long, correct? To you know, you've got the data, right?
2: Correct. So we have to get, um, collect a little bit more information from our clients just to make sure that we we really want to make sure that we understand why they're eligible. We work with them to make sure that they are truly eligible and they aren't just. You know, hearing about it, or someone told them that they were eligible and they're really not, so we do that validation with the client um and then we also need to collect a little bit more information from them. Did they get a pPP loan? Are they using other tax credits such as the workers uh Worker Opportunity Tax Credit, which can't be used in conjunction with ERTC. So we really collect some additional information from them. And then we have the rest of the data in our system. So we take a little bit of information that the client gives us, we plug it in with the data we have in our system, and then we go through and we calculate um, the ERTC credits and what what the client could be eligible for based on all of those rules.
1: Uh, okay, which which brings me to my next question. Aaron will stick with you as well. Um, a, a lot of people did apply uh, or got you know, you know loan forgiveness for PPP loans. Um, they, we've known this since COVID. We've been talking about this during even while all this was going on. There's no double dipping, right? So when you're you know if you're going to use payroll funds for something, you can't use it for something else. That's sort of the rule of thumb, correct?
2: There was a rule very early on that you couldn't use both programs together at all. That was relaxed. And now it really is truly, you can't use the same wages for PPP forgiveness as you are for ERTC. So that's something our process takes into account. Um, we're actually able to do a lot of estimation on what those, uh, what, what your credit could be even before you file with us. So that's something that we're able to do for our clients as well. Um, but really, once we, we need to know the nitty gritty of what did you put on your PPP forgiveness application to make sure that we're, we're looking within that PPP period to use wages that may still be available, but we're making sure that you don't double dip. Because the second you double dip, you're, you're really out of compliance with what you should be doing. And, you know, if you get audited, you could owe that money back.
1: Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And then you also mentioned the work opportunity tax credit, which uh, we're, we won't get into the particulars of that. Although I do, wish, I, I, I don't understand why Paychex doesn't provide that service like ERTC. That's a whole other conversation because there's Talk about something that really needs a lot of awareness, you know, you know, among my clients. Um, are there any other, before I let you go in on this and we're going to talk about it, uh, qualification, um, anything else, um, any other sort of double dipping issues? Like um, um, we mentioned PPP, so you can't, you know, if you're using payroll for that, you, you can't use that for the ERTC, work opportunity tax credits and others. Are there any other tax credits that you're bumping into saying, oh, you know, you use your wages for this tax credit? And, you know, therefore you wouldn't be able to use it for the ERTC or are those the two biggest ones.
2: Um, so another there was another COVID program for the Family First uh, Response, COVID Response Act. Those wages also aren't eligible. Um, it's definitely something where there's, there can be very specific pieces, which is where we'd actually work with the client and their CPA to see if there's something very particular to their business that may not apply. Um, in general, PPP, uh, Family First Response Act and the uh, wasi credit are the most popular ones that we're seeing um but there are there are definitely certain you know there is always something unique about clients and that's where we really work with the client and their cpa where we need to
1: yeah i agree and and i don't don't know this for sure so you're gonna have to talk to your accountant something tells me that um if you're using wages for say like the research uh development uh tax credit that could potentially be an issue as well The, the the takeaway is there's no double dipping if you're using wages to get a tax credit from the government it, it is that there there is a good chance you might not be able to use those same wages for the employee retention tax credit. Talk to your accountant. talk to your apparel service company. That's all we'll say on that. Okay. Um, yeah. Ken, let me turn to you. So we talked about qualifications for the ERTC. Walk us through how you can be eligible for this.
0: Yeah. So uh, there's actually three main qualifications for ERTC. The first one is being shut down or have a full or partial shutdown from a state federal or local government agency. And that basically, if we go back to your original comment in the beginning with restaurants, that included a a lot of the restaurants, specifically if we look at New York state, if you were shut down, like New York state, you could only do carry out only for a large period of time. You automatically qualify for ERTC during that entire period. And if now, I can
1: even interrupt you, I mean, in Philly, where I live, I mean, that was going on throughout the year. There were COVID shutdowns as well. They could only have a certain level of occupancy. They weren't allowed to accept people in that weren't fully vaccinated. You know, there's I'm, I'm assuming all those, you know, could could, you know, potentially if you're running a restaurant, it just seems like kind of a no brainer. Right.
0: Yes, that's correct. Um it goes from either a shutdown, you weren't allowed to have people in the building, uh, you had to have the reduced capacity, like you just mentioned, if you only were able to bring in 50% of occupants into the building, uh, that did give you the eligibility for ERTC during that time period. And that's actually on the date that you started the shutdown or the, the partial shutdown uh, until the date that that was released or relieved from the from the state, federal, or local agency itself. Uh, so there's a lot of time that you can use that as the qualifications.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. So if you're listening to this or watching this, and you run a restaurant, you should absolutely be looking into uh, ERTC and getting some you know some returns on that. Um, and just out of curiosity, I, I've had I have quite a few clients during the pandemic that um, were considered to be essential businesses, so they kept operating um, through the pandemic. But they, you know, they did send their office employees home um, as a you know as a, as a state measure. I mean, I guess there's a lot of gray area. I guess is what I'm saying. How do how do you guys address that? It's
0: just you know. Yes, there there is some confusion and some gray area with with clients who send people home to work from home remotely during that time period. However, it really has to go back to the state, local, or federal documentation that's telling you what to do and how that applies to your business. If you are still able to be an essential business, keep your doors open, you were ha- able to have the same number of people into the building that you did prior to the pandemic. Um, however, you sent your back-end office or your, your, your support team home to work from home, that does not qualify. Uh, because you made the decision to send people home and work remotely or take the whole business and work remotely, that does not deem you eligible for ERTC. It has to be from an actual entity, again, federal, state, or local, that is telling you you are not allowed to take those actions and do that with your business. Okay,
1: that's fine. And again, if you're watching or listening to this um, and you're getting emails from services you know that, that are trying to get you ERTC credits, they, um, you, you know, you, when you work with an established payroll company like a Paychex, um, there's they're gonna follow the rules you know I mean that's just what it is so there's there's no bending of it there's no you know it is it, it is what it is and the reason why I, I mention that kid is because you know I do have clients saying well you know we did set our employees home I'm sure we can fudge things and make it seem like we could be qualified for the ERTC. and I that just wouldn't pass the sniff test of a paychecks and you don't want to go down that rule uh down that road of Messing around with the rules, you could really open up a lot of lot of issues. Okay, so full or partial shutdown, either required by your state, by by the Fed, your federal government, by your local, like Philly. Um, what about grocery rece- receipts? That's the that, that's another second.
0: Yes, uh, decline in gross receipts is the second, and that is the time period. Basically, you're you're looking at pre pandemic results compared to the pandemic. Uh, So when you look at 2019 is the time period in which you're going to compare 2020 and 2021 against, and that's going to go by each quarter. So, uh, and each year has its own rules uh, for how much declining gross receipts uh, you need to be able to maintain eligibility uh, for that specific quarter. Uh, Example, for second quarter of 2020, if you had a decline of 50% or more in gross receipts, then you are eligible for ERTC for the entire quarter. And that's second quarter 2020 in comparison to second quarter of 2019. Um, So for 2020, as long as you have a decline of 50% or more in any quarter, uh, you are qualified for ERTC. And then the same thing for 2021. However, in 2021, the declining gross receipts is actually uh, only 20%. So 20% or more declining gross receipts compared again to 2019 allows you to start the engine for ERTC and maintain qualification for that full month. Now, there are some additional intricacies with how the the, uh, declining gross receipts actually allows for the eligibility. Because in some instances, if you qualify for one quarter, you might automatically get the second quarter as well. Um, However, that's what we do on our side to make sure that we are finding uh, the full amount of wages during that time period.
1: Does the government uh, stipulate or further define the, the, the cause of that decline in gross receipts? I mean, again, I've had clients that they just had a lousy quarter, or they <laughs> they lost a big customer, and it was not it wasn't even COVID related. It was like you know they they just lost the customer for whatever reason. Um, it you know does or any further questions asked as to why the revenue or the receipts declined?
0: No, it's specific to just any decline in gross receipts. So it's not going to depend there there isn't further questions on why the decline in gross receipts. Uh, it is just specific to a decline in gross receipts overall.
1: And grocery seats, um, is this cash or accrual or a combination? And again, I'm just, I apologize if you don't, if, if, if the answer isn't off the top of your head, just say it, but I just, you know.
0: That would be one of the questions that we rely on our CPA community, such as yourself to, or their accounting professional to help with. Um, however, I will say you do not want to change your cash or accrual method um, to make it more favorable for yourself to obtain ERTC. Whatever method you kept with in 2019, you're probably going to want to keep the same uh, for the 20 and 21 period. You do not want to make yourself uh, eligible uh, via, you know, changing those those uh, those regulations. Good
1: answer. Okay, so there are three ways to qualify for an ERTC. Number one is a full or a partial shutdown that's ordered by, you know, a government. Uh, number two is a decline in your grocery receipts compared to 2019, and there are different percentages of decline for 2020 and 2021. And then there's a third, you know, a third way for uh, to qualify uh, related to recovery startup businesses. Is that correct? Tell us about that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, recovery startup is the third way, and that is for any business that began operations on or after February 14th of 2020 and has less than $1 million in annual gross receipts. Now, again, this is any business. You don't have to be a restaurant. It is any business that started or began operations on or after February 14th of 2020 and makes ne- less than $1 million in gross receipts annually. You are automatically qualified for up to $100,000 in ERTC credits. Uh, you get fifty. dollars thousand dollars for third quarter of 2021 and another 50,000 of potential credits for the same or in fourth quarter of 2021 uh this is the only type of client that is able to take ERTC within fourth quarter of 21. Um, most clients uh, that do not hit recovery startup are Ill- not eligible for fourth quarter of 2021, and their eligibility ends at third quarter 21. Uh, so again, pretty big opportunity for those clients who started during the pandemic.
1: That is that that is amazing. And and just Ken, just to sum up the eligibility of this, you can be eligible for one quarter or multiple quarters depending on what the situation is. And it can also uh, depend on various factors. You can have one quarter where you were fully or partially shut down, and then two quarters later, you suffered a 20% decrease in you know revenues compared to 2019, right? So it's, it you know, there, there's all those apply,
0: correct? That is correct. Uh, you can have gaps in eligibility periods, um, or as you just mentioned, you could qualify for a shutdown for 2020. Um, and then that stops at the end of 2020. And then you might have had a declining gross receipts for third quarter of 21, which allows you to be eligible for third quarter of 2021 as well.
1: Got it. All right. And Erin, I promised that we, were, we would come back to so just remind us once again, it's three years from from April. Give us those dates again.
2: Yep. So it's, um, it's typically the rule is three years after the original filing. And for ERTC, what that's going to mean is it's going to be April 15th. 2024 for any filings in 2020. And it's going to be April 15th, 2025 for any filings in 2021. So really, you have a little bit more time there um, to be able to get those filings in. That's how long the IRS is going to accept them. But we want to make sure that, you know, again, it's really important to start moving on this sooner than later so that you're getting that cash faster because there's going to be a waiting period there. And again, you know, unfortunately, we are seeing some places where we, we, you know, we, we see clients have sent things to the IRS or we sent things to the IRS and it's a fully paper process. So if for whatever reason, your piece of mail goes missing, you want to have time to recover from that. So definitely something we're seeing on an exception basis, but something to keep in mind, the sooner you can get this filed, the sooner you can get your credit back and the, the more time you have to deal with any bumps in the road.
1: Fair enough. And then let's turn to our, just our final topic and then let you guys go is, uh, is just, you know, potentially being audited by the IRS. Um, Um, Ken, before I ask you about documentation, Aaron, um, let me, let me just ask you just generally, um, I think I know the answer to this, but like, is, is applying for the ERTC going to increase my chances of getting audited by the IRS? Have you seen any of that among your clients or is that still, you know, a relative unknown?
2: I think it's a relative unknown. Um, you know, anytime that you're getting a really large government credit, there's certainly more of an opportunity to be audited that we saw that with PPP clients that got over $2 million in PPP were more likely to be audited than clients that had gotten smaller amounts. Um, It's not something that I would say should deter businesses. Um, If you've got, you know, if you have the documentation that you need, which paychecks when we're, when you work through our process, we really make sure that we have it documented, you know, by person, by pay period, what wages we're using. Um, So I would definitely still encourage people, even though there's a, a risk to an audit you have a risk to an audit by just being a business. So
1: good. All right. That's fine. And, and can Aaron mentioned about your documentation? So speak a little bit about that. What do we want to make sure that we have?
0: Yeah, you, you definitely want to make sure that you have documentation of proof of eligibility. So that's going to pertain to the dates that the business was shut down, um, which government agency ordered that shutdown with the supporting government releases. Um, so some did it via the newspaper, some did it, you know, through a documentation on their, their website. Um, but you want to make sure that you have those specific dates of the shutdown, the start and the end date, and then where that's coming from, which government agency, federal, local, or state. And then you want to have also at your disposal, uh, an explanation of why your business was mandated by that specific shutdown. And if it needed to be fully or partially closed. Additionally, you want to ensure that any records uh, that the employer or the business used to determine it had experienced a significant decline in gross receipts. You want to make sure you have that documented out between, again, 2019 period in, in comparison to 2020 and 2021 as well. Uh, then documents and records on the date that the business began operations. Uh, that is also very important to have as well. You want to make sure that it is documented um, because even though you know you might have applied for your Fed ID uh, in an earlier state, you want to have documentation of when you actually began the operations or basically you began what the business wanted to do or was intended to set up. It's the date that you actually started to do that. Um, In addition, you want to make sure you have your payroll documents at your disposal as well. Uh, That's going to include any records of which employees received qualified wages by pay period and then which specific wages were used towards that credit. Um, if you were using any employer health care costs uh, you want to also have documentation records on how that employee on how the business or the employer determined the amount of qualified health care expenses per employee and again it helps if you have that broken out per pay period as well so you have an accurate defined list of exactly what wages were actually used for that specific employee and then you also if the clients associated with any additional businesses um, or can be considered an aggregate uh, business you want to make sure you have documentation of that as well and that's if you let's say uh, one business owner was basically running 10 businesses uh, that might be determined as an aggregate business and would have a certain set of rules applied to the ERTC credit and how it relates to those businesses uh, during that time period. Uh, Additionally you want to make sure that these credits are taken and you, excuse me, these records, you want to make sure that these records are on file and you have availability for them for at least four years from the time of the ERTC filing, just in case of notice.
2: Ken, just, and
0: just oh, go ahead, Eric, please.
2: Oh, I was just going to add one thing too for. Um, as we had mentioned before around the PPP loans, right, that's a piece that those wages aren't qualified. That's something that you're going to want to make sure you have included as well. So your PPP forgiveness, what you would use, what that time frame was. I um, mean, that's something that we do include in our PPP, or I'm sorry, our paychecks ERTC documentation as we have that right in there and we show where we aren't using those wages. So we're, our documentation is very specific around that. And I would definitely encourage anyone who's using ERTC to make sure they have that detailed data on the off chance and in case they do get audited.
1: Thank you both. Thank you both. Um, everyone, you know, again, we're, we're, we're going to wrap up this conversation now. These are some specifics regarding the employee retention tax credit. But I, I, you know, again, if you're watching or you're listening to this conversation, um, the bottom line is this. This is a credit that is really uh, something that could be you know, cash refunding to you. I've seen my clients get from a few thousand to tens of thousands of dollars, depending on the size of their business um, and the size of the payroll that they paid. Um, it's a really important thing to be looking into. Uh, if you are a Paychex customer, talk to Paychex about this. If you're not a Paychex customer, talk to Paychex about this um, or talk to your CPA, talk to your you know, tax attorney, people that specialize in this. But everyone should be looking into at least whether or not you're eligible for the ERTC because it's crazy. It's money that's available to you and it, it, it's something that you should be taking advantage of. Uh, Ken Brissani, thank you very much for joining me. Aaron Leierheimer, right? Yes? Yep. Okay. Thank you very much for joining me as well. Both Ken and Aaron are both uh, you know, managers here at Paychex that specialize in the employee retention tax credit. And thanks to all of you for listening and watching. This has been Paychex Thrive Podcast. My name is Gene Marks. Hopefully, you've got some good information to help you and go out and get some money back from the government. Uh, We will be back to you shortly with a new episode, so please stay tuned. If you have any advice or you would like to request any guests or make any other comments, please visit us at payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics. That's payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics. Again, Aaron, Ken, thank you very much for joining me. Thank all of you guys for listening and watching, and we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care.
0: This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated, 2023. All rights reserved.